This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Are you happy now about your contract situation? You know, like I said, I'm happy to be back, um, and I'm ready to go, and I'm just eager to play. <laughs> I love Daniel, Daniel Hunter. Next, basically, I mean, he was smiling and friendly, but basically, like, I'm not talking about anything. It was the Take most it. uncomfortable Zoom call. Like, <laughs> at, like, I mean, just at least give some cliches. He just like shut everything of importance down. It's like, dude, you missed a year. He he actually said when asked about because it, it's the first time he's talked to forever. You know, like with your neck, Daniel. What happened? Like, go back and can you tell us? The organization tells us we can't talk about that. <laughs> well, so we, we had Daniil Hunter and Kirk Cousins both pull the, yeah, I'm not supposed to talk about uh, medical history card yet. Yep. It's like the NFL literally puts an injury report out every week starting in week one. So uh, we know that your neck was was sore at least. So, all right, this is Reckless Speculation Thursday here on Mackie and Judd. And it is powered in part by our friends at the 3M Open. So listen, if you're looking to get away from these horrible Twins games this summer, you're just looking for some other sporting event to cling to. Uh, yeah, you got mini camp for one more day, but what's on the horizon? The 3M Open is open to fans. Um, and I'll tell you, there's Matthew Wolf is a blast to watch. He's performed really well at this thing for a couple years. Uh, and there's some other top players that are going to be in town. But tickets are available July 19th through the 25th at TPC Twin Cities, 3mopen.com slash tickets, 3mopen.com slash tickets. But Reckless Speculation Thursday, which means our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast, inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. Doogie, thanks for joining us here again on this Thursday. And can you, now that we know, okay, Daniel Hunter's back in the fold. Uh, he's He's got at least a contract situation that he can live with for now. How bad was the rift between him and the organization? How how bad did things get during this last, like, nine months or so from what you can tell? Well, I'm telling you, Phil, by the way, so on the 3M Open, our good buddy, Hollis Kavner, working diligently to secure a commitment from one Phil Mickelson. So with the mm. U.S. Open starting in Phil's backyard, right, Torrey Pines, although I don't think he likes this redesigned Torrey Pines, the mm. U.S. Open starting today. Keep an eye on Phil Mickelson. Let's see how Phil does this weekend. But nonetheless, he's still a household name, a big name, the major winner earlier this year. So Hollis working diligently to secure Phil's commitment for July in Blaine. On Daniil, like – he is a man of such few words. Like, that Zoom, yeah, it was uncomfortable on Wednesday, Judd, but, like, that's Daniil. Like, when, even in the locker room, pre-COVID, like, <laughs> if he gave us a 10-second answer, yeah, it was a miracle. So, I mean, that's Daniil in a nutshell. But, yeah, I think, you know, talking about those around Daniil, his representation specifically, yeah, there definitely was a frustration factor. Now, hey. It's not like they had to sign that deal a few years ago, right? They could have stretched that thing out. 
You know, they could have presumed that Daniil was keep, you know, rising in terms of, you know, his ability to, to produce on the field. And, and he was going to get an even larger contract down the road. So it's not like they had to sign that extension. But, yeah, they've they've been aiming after seeing all these deals. I think it really it ramped up after that Joey Bosa contract. I brought that up numerous times. But when that contract was signed, I think that really, really ramped things up. I don't know, you know, if I would tell you that, like, you know, his agent Zeke was incredibly pissed off, that Daniil was incredibly pissed off. Yeah, I think there was some animosity when he went and sought out the second opinion out east with the neck, you know, some disagreement, you know, with, with the Vikings medical staff on on how that was handled, you know, around this time last year. I guess it would have been right uh, right at the start of the of, of training camp July of, of 2020 or early August. Uh, but I, I don't know if it's a ton of frustration, Phil. I'll tell you this much now, though. The way this thing is structured – he feels like, and, and I don't even know if he articulated this, you know, wonderfully on on Wednesday, but I'm led to believe that that he really feels like he's in really, really great shape. Maybe not quite football shape, and and they'll hold him back the first couple of days of training camp. But you know, he'll be ready to rock and roll September 12th in Cincinnati, Week One. That he feels like he is going to have a really, really good season. And the way that this thing is now trending, based on on what he presumes, he is going to get paid with the salary cap going going up big time one year from now, that, that he feels like he is going to get that big time payday. But he also gets the protection. If he has some sort of catastrophic injury, you know, God forbid, you know, tears his Achilles day two of training camp, you know, something crazy like that, the neck acts up, he needs another serious surgery. You know, there is some protection with, with that money moved around, you know, and him getting that in the form of, of a signing bonus. But to answer your question, this is my long-form answer, Phil, to answer your question, I don't sense it's like a lot of, you know, uh, him being pissed off, you know, him having hatred, you know, if you want to use that strong word for Zim. I mean, he loves Andre Patterson. Andre Patterson is like a father figure to Daniil Hunter. You know, he has a really good relationship with trainer Eric Sugarman. He just does. So, like, I don't think it's, you know, screw them. You know, I hate the Vikings. You know, I can't wait to get the heck out of here. I don't think it's quite to, to that level. So, Dukes, I'm a little bit confused about this whole thing, though, because it's clear the Hunter camp right before he had the surgery last um, fall went to Ian Rappaport of NFL Media and basically said, okay, two things. One, his season's done. And two, if he does not get paid, he is never going to play a game in purple again, which is, okay, that's, I mean, that's sounding the alarm as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and then at the end of the day now, to come back to take basically what is what they did was accelerated cash payment. I mean, they didn't even for this year, it's not like they changed the contract. They just took, they took cash and accelerated it. Uh, but then what really confuses me, Dugs and Phil, is this one. So I understand next March there is a very large bonus or lump sum that would have to be paid to him. But this is a guy coming off a neck problem. Like this to me is win Vikings because let's say he doesn't come back and play well. Let's say he's not the same. I, I mean, it's not beyond belief. This is not like a knee or something where you're like, you know what? He's going to be fine. Um, so it feels like, Doogie, we went through a lot of, you know, this is the my line in the sand, to your point, the Bosa contract, to come to a point where Rob Brzezinski again basically says, oh, okay, here's the deal. The Vikings have to be thrilled about this. 
Well, the Vikings absolutely did protect themselves. Rob Brzezinski is is a ninja. He's a wizard when it comes to to managing the salary cap. Yeah, make make no mistake about that. I'm just telling you though that that in contact with some people close to Daniel that that trained with him down at Exos in Arizona, that he feels like not having the wear and tear of playing through that 2020 season. I get it, but uh, my comeback to that, Judd, would be, you know, even a knee, right? Like if you tear your ACL or multiple knee ligaments, uh, there's still a hurdle to overcome. I mean, I don't think it's, you know, 100% that, okay, you're going to rebound and, and be the player that you were previous to the injury. But I just know that Daniil is is uber confident in himself, that, that he feels like that he is going to have a really good year that he is setting himself up for a big payday. I get the other side, Judd. Right. I'm just telling you from some contact with, with some people close to Daniil, that is their internal feeling, that camp, that, that he will have a really, really good season. And come next March, when the salary cap goes way up, he is going to get paid. But you're right. I mean, I've been on record for a while on this very show saying that I foresee Daniil getting a raise. You're right. This re structuring of of the contract moving money around he didn't get any new money like i even had a colleague ask me earlier this week okay can you exactly uh, explain to me you know this daniel contract so he did get more money this the signing bonus no like no <laughs> he did not get any new money immediately but i'm just telling you i still foresee him getting paid maybe i'll be proven wrong on that judd you know maybe it's a little bit more opinion based you know based on on some people that 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 are close to the situation, close enough to the situation. But I think this is setting up for the Vikings to pay Daniil next offseason. All right, Doogie. Let's, uh, by the way, just a cheap plug. Uh, Judd's been at minicamp all week, and we've had uh, daily live episodes late in the afternoon of Purple Daily. So you can check out the whole week just a ton of news breaking and Judd information and insights from minicamp on Purple Daily. So check that out. Doogie. This Byron Buxton situation is sort of bizarre in that, and I, I and I get that sometimes players go on a rehab assignment and then they tweak something, but as far as we know it from Byron's on-the-record comments in Seattle, so he was healthy enough to dominate a rehab stint with the Saints. He tripled in one of the games, multiple home runs, he played in the outfield, um, and he was on the record when he flew to Seattle saying, I'm here to play. I'm just like he he sounded sort of frustrated like I'm just listen like I've got some soreness because you know I'm not 100% necessarily but I I'm ready to play and I'm just waiting for them to put me in the lineup. Uh so they fly him to Seattle, they take a look at him, they have him run and do some 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 pregame early workouts and then the team deems you're not 100% to play and so we're not going to play you. Um I'm just kind of confused by this. Why was he so he was good enough to triple and hit home runs and play for the Saints. Maybe he's not 100%, but as our friend Patrick Royce, he tweeted out a couple days ago, when you're talking about a full-length Major League Baseball season and Byron Buxton, who's 27 years old, 10 years as a pro, and often injured, is there such a thing as 100%? You know, what What? What do you know about this whole fiasco uh, with Byron and the Twins, Doogie? So when Byron played in St. Paul, he told... Saints people, he was ready to go. There was a reason why he hopped on that airplane. It wasn't to see some specialist out in your neck of the woods, Phil, some sort of hip specialist. 
you know, that would have made sense, right? That's why you get on the airplane. If you're not quite ready to play, mm-hmm. maybe at least you're going to, to see a doctor out there. No, he hopped in that airplane with every intention to play in Seattle. I don't know if it was as soon as Monday, you know, but I even think he would have played Monday if, if it was his call. I know there's a lengthy injury history with Buck, but I don't think we can ever question the man's work ethic, the man's toughness. He has played through coming back sooner than maybe he should have with some of these previous injuries. He has said to the Twins, get me back in. He knows what the reputation is. He is trying his best to overcome that reputation. Some of the injuries have been of the fluke nature, you know, just him playing, you know, uber hard, right? Running into the center field wall or what have you, right? So he wanted to play. I'm I'm pretty darn sure about that, Phil. He wanted to play in Seattle. I'm with you. You're not going to be 100%, you know, in mid-June, 60-something games into the season. In Byron's case, 30-something games into the season. You're just not. He should be playing. We saw it. You're right, the triple. He legged out the triple. He looked fine running the bases at CHS Field. He should be in the lineup. I don't get it. I am talking to Derek Falvey later today. I'll do my best. I mean, I'm talking to Derek via Zoom, so... I just explained I'm not a big fan of of the Zoom settings. I just think it's hard to to really nail down, you know, and ask a bunch of follow up questions and and ask the tough questions over Zoom. I just I'd rather do it in person, but that's the world we live in right now. Some of it is just schedule based with with me. So this isn't all the twins. I'm actually the one who suggested Zoom just based on our photogs availability today and tomorrow. And I wanted to catch up with Derek as soon as possible. So I will ask multiple questions about that. He may tap dance around it. I would not be shocked by that. But I can just tell you, Phil, my my senses, if Byron could have played in Seattle, he would have played. If it was ultimately just his call, he would have been activated. Presumably Celestino sent back to St. Paul. He would have played minimum Wednesday, probably Tuesday and Wednesday. And really, I think he was ready to go Monday in his mind. I really do. And I, I thought after seeing him triple in St. Paul that he might play as early as, as say, Saturday or Sunday against the Astros at Target Field. Okay, so so let's go down this path with, with this because, you know, the Twins aren't going to tell us um, exactly what's going on. And because of a lack of access now, it's really hard to tell. Uh, but as Phil alluded to, Buxton's comments were obviously one of frustration. The only thing Rocco really does these days, media-wise, that's worth a crap, is that weekly hit on Sirius because he's actually talking to people as opposed to a Zoom room. And um, he made it sound very much like like we want Byron at 100%, and he's also made all his comments sound like this is very much me, like I'm deciding this, which I don't completely buy. What do we think is going on here, though? Because this is this has turned to me to be, and I know I love conspiracy theories. I actually don't even have one here. But this has turned weird. Like, this has turned odd. You take a guy on a road trip, he sits there. You you then say, and Rocco's response to why he's on the road trip on Sirius was, well, he just wants to, we, we want to have eyes on him. Um, they have eyes on him in St. Paul, Jeff. I know. No, I know that. So what that's, do we think? That's BS. Right, yeah. right, right. But, Phil, you, you, you were a beat guy in the Twins for quite a few years. Dukes, you've been, you know, talking to people with this team. What would be the motive for going down this path? Because, you know, to be clear, you are this is a guy who who the second he plays will not be 100%. Here, here's what I think's happening. All right, this is just, you know, I'm not reporting this. This is just 
my uh, former beat writer Spidey sense here, okay? So I think he went through his rehab stint, and I think at the time that they gave him a plane ticket to Seattle, everyone everyone who had eyes on him in St. Paul was probably saying, yeah, I mean, he looked pretty darn good. He's clearly locked in at the plate. Not sure if he's running 100%, so that might be something to keep an eye on. But let's, you know, but I don't know what what's left to accomplish here in St. Paul, so let's send him out, right? So they send him out, and then they probably ask him, hey, man, are you cutting it loose 100%? Let's, let's make sure you're cutting it loose 100%. And he's probably like, well, I mean, I still have I'm, – I'm definitely a little sore still, but, I mean, my, look, my bat's dialed in. I mean, he said that on the record. My bat's dialed in. I want to get out there. Let's do this. Season's slip. I mean, the season's slipped away. It's gone. But in his mind, season's slipping away. And, and I, think, I think the point of conflict here is this Twins regime and Rocco and field staff are so unrealistically obsessed with everyone being as healthy and perfect as possible. And it leaks into their decisions on, on pitch counts. It leaks into their decisions on if a guy has an upset stomach, he shouldn't play. Like They are one of the most conservative I'll just speak for Twins teams in the past. We used to make fun of Terry Ryan and Ron Gardenhier for sort of, oh, Nick Punto, we're going to be indecisive for a few days. And maybe and like this this team, it feels like if you're not 100%, then you do not play for this Twins team. And I think that's the biggest hang-up. They have an unrealistic expectation for what, in the middle of June, a player should feel like before he goes out and plays baseball. I think that's fair. Now, heck, we can go back to bilateral leg weakness, right? So, you know, this predates this regime with with medical questions about this organization. This isn't a dictatorship. So Rocco can say whatever the heck he wants to say, insinuate whatever the heck he wants to insinuate. They're as collaborative as any organization in the game. This isn't Rocco's singular decision on this. In terms of the soreness, like, you know, I don't have intimate knowledge of, of, you know, hip injuries, but, like, you're probably going to be sore for a while just based on on the nature of, of the initial injury, that game, you know, that, that first or second week of May. Like, I don't think all of a sudden on June 17th, the soreness just goes away. Maybe it goes away by August or September, but you're going to be sore for a while. That's just the nature of the beast. So he should be playing. He he absolutely should be playing. I hope he plays as soon as Friday in Texas, but he should have been playing in Seattle. You know, and he's still, hey, let's not forget, like, you know, he has a desire to, to be in the All-Star game, and, and he's sitting pretty right now, you know, voting stature-wise, but he'd love to be in Denver next month for the All-Star game. You know, he still has – you know, grand illusions, not even illusions. I think it's reality that he is going to get paid one way or another, whether it's by the Twins or after the 2022 season when he becomes an unrestricted free agent. So, you know, he still has a lot to showcase in his mind, right? So he wants to be out there. I I just, I know him well enough, you know, going back to when they drafted him, doing enough with him, Going back to that first time he showed up at Twins Fest, getting to know him that January after they drafted him, you know, the previous June, just knowing him well enough, those close to him well enough, he's an uber competitor. Like, he wants to be out there. So it's as odd a situation, you know, as I can recall, at least in terms of, you know, maybe this regime or this year. There's been some other oddities, right, 
Nick Anderson never made sense to me, not calling up Byron, you know, that September a few years ago. You know, let's not forget if Byron had been called up September, I think it was, what, 2018. If he had been called up September of 2018, he would have had enough service time at this point to be an unrestricted free agent after this year. So maybe a shrewd move in hindsight by the Twins. Maybe it was a shrewd move at the time. I think a lot of us said, hey, if you can manipulate the service time, why not? You know, going all the way to an arbitration hearing with Jose Barrios, February of 2020. Was that really necessary? Although I know they have their reasoning for that, you know, but this one's right up there. Like he's ready to play. You know, he performed well in St. Paul, put him on the field. He is not going to be even 95% anytime real soon, but he is able to play. Let him play. Could this have to do with the, the um, intricate, but yet very simple fact that this team is done. Uh, July 30th is the deadline for making trades and that the Twins want to get Buxton as healthy as possible because if they bring him back and he gets hurt, it's harder to trade him or impossible at this point. But and, John, he's got an wait, injury history, so right, right, but wait, put him but, out there at but wait, 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 so-called wait. 100%, he can still get hurt. No, but Dukes, my point is you get him as healthy as you possibly can, showcase him for a short period and trade him because it might – I mean, we – we need to hyper-focus until the 30th of July on the fact that this team might face a very serious behind-the-scenes decision about trading Buxton or Barrios because the reality, again, is as much as fans don't want to deal with this, the poll ads might not want to pay both to come back at some point here soon. Yes, but I don't think they need to showcase him. <laughs> like, the league knows how good he is when no, but he's I'm able to play. No, but, Duke, but, but, Dukes, if he comes back, if he comes back in their mind prematurely at all and he get and he and the hip goes bad again, then he's untradeable for now. He would be, but I'm just saying, you know, arbitrarily, like what what is that date? So if he comes back and and at this point, I don't even know if he plays in Texas. Like my money at this point would probably be on after this Texas series. But let's say he comes back, you know, one week from today, June twenty fourth, or a week from tomorrow, June twenty fifth. Really, is is that making that much of a difference in in that regard? I understand where you're coming from, John. I'll also say this much. I don't get the sense that they feel like, as bad as this year has been, that they need to go the full rebuild route. Now, you're right on Barrios and Buxton, and even Taylor Rogers, for that matter. He's like I, I would figure out where you stand on, on Rogers. He's another guy that's a free Damn. agent after the 2022 season, but... My sense is they don't feel like, not that this is just a blip on the radar. I mean, the roster needs some serious work, you know, whether it's this summer with some trades or in the winter. But I don't get the sense that Derek and Thad, you know, I just, I don't, that, that and others in that front office, Rob and, and some others, and, and, you know, go up and down the list. I don't get the sense that they feel like, like, let's go all in on a full rebuild. That, that I don't want to say it's a tweak here or there, but that they can compete next year. So, you know, I, I think if you're competing in 2022, in all likelihood, Barrios and Buxton are probably on the roster. But I do think at some point, for sure on Barrios, they will circle back to the Barrios camp just to see where things stand. I checked on that again on Sunday. So I haven't checked the last four days, but it was on Sunday I checked. There have not been any recent talks. The Twins, put it this way, the Twins have not initiated any talks with the Barrios camp going back at least a few weeks. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's how this whole thing. And I, I just kind of feel like, I don't know, I don't want to be like media watchdog guy here, but it just doesn't feel like there's enough discussion about 
how colossally failed this season is for Phil, the Twins. it's the most disappointing season, and I try to avoid hyperbole, right? <laughs> You're because right. some people might say 2011. Dukes, you're a moron. It's 2011. But I firmly believe this. This is the most disappointing season in Twins history. And it's it's, it's unreal. Um, I mean, and, and 2011, like people talk about this year's team being ravaged by injuries. 2011's team, I'll bet, and maybe someone can – can drum this up because it's sort of a 10-year comparison, but in terms of like games missed, in 2011 when they made their comeback and they and, and they were the hottest team in baseball for two months, oddly, in a 99-loss season, the guys on the field were like Rene Tassoni and just like a bunch of backups winning a bunch of games. Uh, I think they probably missed more man games with Morno and Maurer being basically out for almost the whole season. So, um, Doogie, uh, I have sort of a selfish question here because I know that I'm probably the most uh, diehard gopher basketball enthusiast out of the three of us, but I did see someone's Big Ten power rankings. Can't remember who it was. It might have been Andy Katz, but uh, the Gophers were dead last going into the season. Is wh- wh- who's on their team right now? Who who is Ben Johnson cobbling together to play gopher basketball this year? Starting point guard Peyton Willis. Remember him, Phil? He was on the team a couple years ago. Then he transferred. To Charleston, he initially started his college career at Vanderbilt. So he's gone Vanderbilt, Minnesota, Charleston, back here to Minnesota for a sixth year of college basketball. Right. So Peyton Willis. So he's like 30. Pretty much <laughs> has been a shooting guard, is now the Gopher starting point guard. Although okay. the way Ben Johnson wants to run his offense, I was over on campus with Ben a couple weeks ago. The way Ben is going to run his offense, it's not a traditional point guard type look. You know, somebody needs to initiate the offense, but, you know, we're not talking, you know, old school John Stockton or Steve Nash, but Peyton Willis, starting point guard, starting shooting guard, could be the transfer from William and Mary, Luke Lowe, could be the transfer from Lafayette, EJ Stevens, you know, one and then the other is like the sixth man. Uh, starting small forward, Jamison Battle, he initially started his high school career in town at Benilde St. Margaret's, transferred to De La Salle, My went God. to George Washington, was at George Washington for two years, had a really good year this past year okay. in the Atlantic 10, was good as a freshman. Jamison Battle is a really good get for, for the Gophers. So okay. he's your starting small forward. Your starting power forward probably would have been Parker Fox, but then he tears his ACL. Mm. You know, he's up in in Aberdeen, South Dakota, or down in Aberdeen, South Dakota, at Northern State after he decided to transfer, leave Division II, one of the best players in Division II. He's from Matamidi High School, but in a workout about five, six, seven weeks ago, ends up tearing his ACL, so he's likely lost for the year. So, you know, to be determined on starting power forward, it could be Isaiah Enan, right, that, that Ben feels like there's, there's a, a lot more there to Isaiah Enan. Heck, somebody we know, Damian Johnson, former gopher, now the head basketball coach over at Benilde St. Margaret's. He once upon a time compared Isaiah Enan, uh, called him the, the German Kevin Durant, which <laughs> a bit of a stretch. I but, mean, Mo, Moritz Boehringer was the German Randy Moss. Right. So. Yeah. Those yeah, so, guys are pretty smart. Don't just You know, but, but there's, some, there's some potential there with, with Enan, and they are aggressively pursuing Sterling Manley, North Carolina transfer. He's been going through the pre-draft process. He'll probably stretch this thing out. Another few weeks. The deadline is July 7th. But if Manley, and I think it's trending this way, if Manley ultimately decides to play another year of college basketball, the Gophers feel like they're in prime position to secure his services. So, you know, if they end up with Manley, you've got Manley at the five. You know, a lot of people have asked me about Steph Mitchell, the Shakopee native. 
Boston College transfer. I was told by somebody that's in the know that it's not trending in the right direction for him to be a gopher. Even though he announced a Final Four that includes the Gophers, Utah was also among uh, his Final Four. He seems to be all in on on trying to make money somewhere next year. He's not an NBA player, uh, maybe a G League player, or maybe there's some money overseas, although money overseas for Americans still, you know, as we fight through this pandemic, few and far between. Like, I know that Theo John, who went to Champlain Park High School, who now will play for Coach K in Coach K's final year, he transferred from Marquette, will play another year of college basketball at Duke. I know Theo went down the path of looking for some money overseas. Wasn't even concerned about the G League or an NBA run. Was ready to go over overseas and, and play. And there just there wasn't a job to be had over there. So I, I don't exactly know what Steph Mitchell is thinking in terms of where he's going to make money. So that's a little bit of a fluid situation. But there's still a chance, I guess, on Steph Mitchell. I mean, heck, in a perfect world, you land uh, – Ben's got multiple scholarships, Phil. You land Mitchell and Manley – and you, you have Manley at the five, Mitchell at the four, Battle at the three, Lowe and Stevens at the two. Lowe can play some one, and Stevens can play some one. And you have Peyton Willis with Isaiah Enan and others off the bench. I mean, that would be the ideal situation. Sean Sutherland, who's from uh, here in town, he played with Parker Fox, uh, AAU. He just transferred from New Hampshire. Pretty good player, but he's coming off an injury. But he's a rotation guy. You know, he can play as – you know, your seventh, eighth man, he can guard, uh, you know, opposing twos. I talked to him, even thinks he can maybe guard opposing ones, might be able to guard some opposing threes. So there's some flexibility there, veteran guy that will help out. Ben feels like, Phil, right or wrong, because I, I think it'll be a long year, I do. But he feels like they have enough shooting that that if you look at Patino's teams the last couple of years, you know, especially this past year, horrendously bad at shooting the ball, that Ben feels like they're going to be a lot better making three-point shots and he feels like, you know, basketball IQ-wise and defensively, that they'll be able to steal some games with their defense. I'm a bit skeptic on that point. I do think IQ-wise, he has a bunch of smart players with all these veterans, all these guys playing, you know, a fifth, sixth year of college basketball. So I think there's something to be said about that. But let's see for sure if they land Manly. Let's see how the Mitchell situation plays out because that would change a good amount, even if he just lands manly, Phil, like that's the number one target. I can tell you that, you know, definitively. The number one target right now is Sterling Manly. If he can land manly minimum, I don't think they're quite, you know, rock bottom in the Big Ten. I don't know if they're much above 10 or 11, right? You know, I don't think I don't think they're upper half of the Big Ten, but I'm not quite sure they are, you know, 13th or 14th place if they land Manly. The Meadows at Mystic Lake invites you to play their award-winning public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, and scenic experience that both beginner and expert golfers will enjoy. The Meadows at Mystic Lake features over 7,000 yards of pristine bent grass fairways, trees and greens surrounded by acres of wildflowers and prairie plants. This oasis, just minutes away from downtown Minneapolis, provides a magical escape to nature. It's never too early to book a tea time or shop the pro shop. Stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by the Shakopee Mdwakatinsu community. Reckless speculation. Could have made all those names up, and I would have. I would not have been able to. <laughs> hey, dude. One, There's one, one player, Phil. There's one player back from last year's roster. Isaiah Enan. That's how much turnover they've had. Now there's there's other teams. Auburn, right? I mean, Bruce Pearl's built a you know mini empire down there. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but they were here a couple of years ago. 
in the Final Four. He's produced NBA talent left and right. Isaac Okoro a year ago was a top-five pick. He's got another kid this year that's a first-round pick. So, you know, Auburn has built a, a mini powerhouse, you know, down there, Bruce Pearl specifically. They have turned over their roster to the extent of, like, eight new players. So there's other examples, but really, no team in America has overturned their roster quite to this extent. Yeah. Hey, Doogie, one one last thing on the Vikes. Um, and this, I think this is going to become a story as we get closer to training camp and then certainly once training camp starts. What do you sense the internal concern is about the fact that you have a number of very prominent, important players who have not gotten the vaccine which which one is going to make the, their life and the team's life as a result more difficult as far as meetings go, travel goes, just go down that list, but also creates far more of a threat that if, it, for instance, if they're exposed to a person with COVID, they're out. Um, and if this list was a bunch of backups, I'd be like, okay, it's not a great idea, but it can work. But it's Cousins, we think. It's Thielen for sure. It's Harrison Smith for sure. So just from a... Forget the people standpoint, just from a player standpoint of you're my employee and I need you to play. What do you think that concern is going to be if we get towards, if we get into August training camp starts and guys like that aren't, aren't vaccinated? Coronavirus is going to impact some team in a large way. I can't specifically tell you it is going to be the Vikings because it's not like the Vikings are the only team dealing with right. this. And it's more than those names, by the way, Judd. Some key players, multiple. Uh, I'll just tell you that it's more than that. Uh, so you listed who Thielen, Smith, Cousins. Well, we think it's Kirk. Yeah, Kirk didn't say, but it's pretty yeah, clear. Well, he basically, well, he basically said he's taking yeah. it one month at a time or one week at a yeah. time, which means he hasn't gotten the vaccine yet. So yeah, yeah, Kirk. Yes, but but I'm telling you, it's Sheldon it's Richardson more, too. No, it's more than than those names, and even Sheldon. It's it's more than those names. Some key guys. I'm not talking, you know, roster guy number fifty one. Right. It's there's a few more in that boat. Yeah, I mean, you know, to each their own, Judd. I'm not going to judge anybody if they decide, you know, the vaccine isn't for me. I don't know exactly what I'm putting into my body, even though, you know, the NFL chief medical officer had a meeting with the Vikings. The Vikings have access to to all their medical staff, you know, any number of doctors, you know, that they have in their personal lives. I mean, the information is out there, but I get it, right? I mean, the vaccines were approved. You know, in an emergency way, you know, there's still some research to be done on on uh, the vaccines, Moderna and, and Pfizer and, and Johnson and Johnson. But, hey, uh, I think there's enough evidence out there to suggest that, that they'll probably be OK. You know, and heck, these athletes like going back to high school, maybe even middle school, like, are they sure of everything they've put in their body over the years? <laughs> Right. So what's the difference with this vaccine with a lot more research done with the vaccine compared to maybe some other stuff that they've taken, you know, maybe pre-professional career? You know, Doogie, Doogie, I've had about 375 dome dogs in my life. I have no idea what's in those things. And so, I mean... You want to How about put any hot dog in, in general? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not just a dome <laughs> dog, any hot Frank, dog. Anything. That's why you have to have ketchup all over. Yeah, oh. but I mean, Judd, it's, it's, it's 100% an incredible talker. Yeah. And I don't think it's going away, but, like, you even think about I tweeted you uh, on, on Wednesday, right, about, like, bye week, right? If you're Harrison Smith, yeah. you can't jet off to, you know, Cabo or, or somewhere tropical, 
You need to literally stay in town and go get tested daily. Like, just that alone. Don't you want to escape for your bye week? Yes. You know, but, hey, again, I'm not going to slam them and, and say that they're moronic for not getting the vaccine. You know, me personally, yeah, I'm, I'm happily vaccinated. You know, I'm, I'm happy to say that. I feel good about that. Uh, there haven't been, you know, any side effects all these many weeks later. Who knows? Maybe they come down the road. But I mean, you have, you a, know, foot, I, you I have trusted, a foot growing out of your uh, yeah, left yeah. side yeah, of your I, head I, right I, now. I trusted Bill the Gates science. Fan, but, the but, science uh, that's out there. Bill Gates is great. You know, a few months at least of, of, of research done, you know, trying to, to figure out if there's any fallout. Yeah. They're just, you know, based on, you know, me being a, a relatively healthy, maybe in air quotes, but relatively <laughs> healthy, you know, Caucasian 41-year-old male, I felt confident about getting the vaccine. I'm glad I got the vaccine. But, yeah, Judd, I'm just telling you, like, I don't know who, and maybe it's a team that'll end up being rock bottom in the standing, so maybe it won't have a big impact yeah. in the end. But I'm positive. Some team is going to be severely impacted by – a uh, number of their their key players not being vaccinated, even if it's just close contact, then having to quarantine for two weeks, so maybe missing one or two key games. In some sort of way, mm-hmm. it's going to impact at least one team, if not multiple teams. So the Vikings just better hope like heck in a year where the expectations are incredibly high. I get it, they're high every year, but I think they're even higher this particular year. The Vikings better hope like heck that it doesn't impact them. Uh, Doogie's Scoops, presented in part by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, been around since the early 1900s in Owatonna, and uh, they're here to stand behind your business. They provide risk management resources and tools and a guiding hand to help you maximize the success of your business. Find out more about how Federated can protect you and your business at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, we got to run here, Dukes, but if you have another rapid-fire scoop or two, we would take it on the way out. Well, I mean, the Wolves have been bringing guys in. I mean, they're very secretive about this, which I don't get. Some teams announce their draft workouts. Why not? I, I don't understand, you know, why you wouldn't announce draft workouts. Show that you're working. You know, heck, get your video department in, maybe to get some video or at least some photos. Like, the Golden State Warriors do that. I don't get why you wouldn't do that, but nonetheless, the Wolves don't announce draft workouts, so it's on reporters like me to dig. And I'm not even quite sure many people care because at this point, the Wolves don't even have a draft pick, mm-hmm. right? We'll find out on Tuesday with that 27.6% chance if they land in the top three. Mm-hmm. If they land below three, they won't have their first-round pick. They'll send it off to Golden State from the Wiggins-Russell trade. They don't have a second-round pick in this year's draft. But they are still bringing in guys for workouts. Marcus Carr, former gopher, worked out for the Wolves recently. Uh, big man Castleton from Florida. They have a kid in, uh, Jefferson from, from Creighton. I think that's his last name. I tweeted it. You can check out my Twitter, shameless plug, D Wolfs and KSTP. They had the, the Big West player of the year, last name McLaughlin from UC Santa Barbara in the other day. So they, they are bringing in some guys. Point is on that, Phil that they still need to assemble a summer league roster. They still have their two-way contracts they can utilize. They, you know, you bring in a guy just to have a book on a guy, right? So it makes sense to bring in guys, even if you don't have a draft pick. I was also told that the Wolves are collaborating with Utah at some point after the combine, after next week's combine in Chicago. They're collaborating with Utah. I don't know if it'll be here or Salt Lake City, but collaborating with Utah 
you know, so they'll work together on, on doing kind of a big, relatively big draft workout. Uh, the two teams will combine, probably end up just splitting the cost of the workout where they will gather together and uh, watch some draft prospects work out. Wow. That's Darren Doogie Wolfson. Inside information Reckless speculation. about Minnesota sports teams. Doogie, we'll see you next week. Peace. Okay, Peace. take it easy, boys. Have a good one. See ya. All right. You can find uh, his weekly podcast, The Scoop, on all Score North uh, platforms, the app, the website, Apple, Spotify. And uh, you can find him on Channel 5, 5 at Winch News. Uh, boys, before we get to some old tweets exposed, we had some Timberwolves snubbage yesterday. LaMelo Ball yeah. wins, not only wins the NBA's Rookie of the Year award, of the mm-hmm. 99 first-place votes, LaMelo got 84 out of 99 first-place votes, and Ant got only 15. Those are the only two guys that got first-place votes. I was uh, I was not entirely shocked that the league and people that follow the league, it's not like Charlotte's a huge city, but LaMelo Ball was the marquee name. He was the household name, the Ball family, and all the media coverage, right? Like, he was the flashiest asset in the draft and uh, and got a lot more media coverage throughout the year than Anthony Edwards. Um, but I just I want to run this by you guys and see what you think. I actually think it's a great thing for Anthony Edwards and the Timberwolves that he got snubbed because and and he and he sort of confirmed my theory on this when when uh, someone tweeted, "Uh oh, NBA doesn't know what they've done. They've poked the bear." And Ant Edwards retweeted with like three one hundred signs, basically saying, "Yeah, they did poke the bear." I love. Because athletes love to look at any whiteboard material. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, I mean, they wake up every morning for two decades thinking about all the teams that didn't draft them when they should have, right? I mean, Brady gets to go through like, oh, what, 160 or 200 teams in his head. Right. Um, and and Rodgers gets to go through the list of Randy Moss. Like Randy Moss, in his mind, he was like, Dallas, passed on me, going to burn them, right? Ant Edwards, I think, is going to use this as fuel for the next five-plus years to become a beast, the best possible player he can be, and to take it out on the rest of the league. So I kind of, it would have been nice to see him get the credit that he deserves, but I kind of like the fact that this is now fuel for his every day when he wakes up, he can think about this and maximize his strengths as a player. I was surprised that that the voting itself uh, was was that one-sided towards ball like i'm not surprised ball won it but i was i yeah. thought that ant would get more love there uh because it's not like he didn't show up on highlights i mean my god the man's dunks were on them on a consistent basis but yeah i mean if this how you know what if this gives him something where he can now be focused on improving himself as a player because he you know got snubbed in that way absolutely um you know it's funny too because we to me are now on on three players in this market who just experienced their rookie seasons who are marvelous talents and Justin Jefferson got snubbed for quarterback not a big shock but Justin Jefferson very well might have deserved that award in mm-hmm. the National Football League Ant got snubbed Kaprizov will not be snubbed but be the snubbed. point but the point is that it is fun to have a group of young players who are this good um, and if this helps Ant, that is awesome because he is, you know, with a guy like Cat, I'm not sure it would help Cat. Cat's a different, Cat's a different dude. But with a guy like Ant, I think it's very safe to say that this yeah. will definitely provide some type of fuel to how he approaches next season. Yeah, that's true. Here's the other thing that's amazing, and you're seeing this play out in the playoffs right now. 
durability matters. To me, like, if a guy played really well for, uh, well, let's just use the exact example. If a guy played really well or pretty well for 50 games and another guy played really well for 72 games, the, the, the 20 games missed should factor in to some extent. Uh, and in fact, Ant Edwards, if you just take his last 40 games, so sort of the like almost the entire Chris Finch era of Wolves basketball, and 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 give him the first 20 or 30 games to get his feet under him as a rookie, and you look at the last 40 games, Ant Edwards was averaging 24 points a game, five and a half rebounds, and three and a half assists, a couple of steals. He was shooting well from three point land, and he had games where he carried the Wolves. 42-point game, a couple of 30-point games. I mean, he was – I think he went through that whole stretch, 40 games, and I think he scored double digits in all 40 of those games. Mm-hmm. LaMelo Ball, who, again, missed 20 games. Durability should matter. He's a good player. He had games of four points down the stretch, uh, fourth to last game of the season, a five-point game on one of nine shooting, uh, second to last game of the year, four of 15, eight points. And I get that he was – you know, maybe not a hundred percent coming back in those last ten games, but when you look at how good were they down the stretch, getting better as rookies too, it's not even close. By the end of the year, Ant Edwards was by far the better player over Lamelo Ball, and I think people just remember, oh, early in the season, Lamelo was flashy and shot better than we thought because we like we have such a low bar for like ball family broken <laughs> shot. Like, oh, yeah. that guy, boy, we saw him in a couple Australian basketball highlights, and he was shooting bricks like. With a weird motion. Oh, he's better than I think it's always better than we thought. Let's give him the award. As far as this goes too, this should actually be fuel for every player on that team because there is no question that part of when when you get as few votes and you were as good as Ant was, this also comes down to your team is considered a non factor and absolutely and a joke. Because it like put him so put Ant on let's say the Bulls. So again, not a great team. Uh, but a team that's got a rich history, uh, has championships, obviously. Ant might have won it on the Bulls. My point being is, is when you when you receive as few votes as he is he did, that means across the board your franchise is being dismissed yeah. completely. So, so like if I'm Finch, I use this not just for Ant, but it, but if I'm Ant, I come back and say. This isn't just about me, guys. This is about the fact that we are we we are and rightfully so a punchline. So let's change that. Yeah. Well, he. I mean, I like that point you brought up. And I hate sometimes I hate to do the. It's you know Minnesota's just flyover country. In the, in the Timberwolves case, they have earned their standing yes. as an irrelevant franchise. It's not our state. It's their franchise. Yeah. Uh, and and I think yeah. I'm, I I love the Timberwolves, and I've just like I went to all the games during the Kurt Rambis era, hoping just praying that like. You know, oh, these Wes Johnson's going to be a star, right? Like, so I am a little bit Pollyanna with the Timberwolves, but what you just said is correct. If if Ant Edwards is posterizing players and and taking over games down the stretch and putting up a forty point game here in a Lakers uniform, in a Knicks uniform, in a Brooklyn uniform, in any of the big East or West Coast markets, in a Miami uniform, right? Yeah, like I said, the Bulls. Yeah. The Bulls in uh, in Chicago for sure. Absolutely. He wins Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Um, also, too, I just watching these playoffs, and uh, my God, I can't believe the Jazz lost to a Kawhi-less Clippers Did team. Did you last watch night. the Sixers Whoa. game last night? Was the it a Hawks? twenty a twenty six point lead? Philadelphia was up by twenty six points. Oh, first God, half, dude. I turned the game. I oh, went to Ben I went Simmons, to man, the hockey oh. game. So, 
All right, I, I got a question about that. So I know that the the hack a shack um, problem has been cleared up at the end of games now, because there, in the, there's in what, the last, last two, two minutes, minutes, right? Yeah. Okay, but why are you like for your sport? Why are they allowing this to still be a thing? Uh, the Hawks were the Hawks had a guy. I, I kid you not. I was watching this in the first half. The Hawks player fouled Simmons in the backcourt, and they didn't call it. And he started jumping up and down and pushed him again, <laughs> so the referee would see it. So they would send Simmons to the line. Dude, like that's hilarious. it feels to me like they should clean that up. That's not really exciting basketball. No, when it is guys weird. Like, I fouled him. I fouled him. Did you see that? It should definitely be an intentional foul. It should be free throws in possession all the time. I don't know. Yes. It, it is a weird loophole. Why not? Um, yeah. And then, of course, like on the Ben Simmons front, dude, are you serious? You've been in the league now for a handful of years, and you he, you can't shoot. At, he can't shoot anything outside five feet, basically. But he was, and he's brilliant at getting to five feet, and brilliant at distributing and rebounding and those things. But, but holy sh- cow, dude! They showed the stats last night. He was actually like the first half of the season had really improved himself there, mm-hmm. and then it went down a bit. And in the play, so like it's it's all mental. Yeah, dude. It's- like you can't you can't fix the the I can't throw to first base problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's Yips, and he just can't shoot, and he's never been. He couldn't shoot in college, um, and so that yeah, that game was compelling. But I'll even throw because you mentioned that game. The reason I love the upside in the future of Ant Edwards so much. It's not that there aren't big men who are dominating. I mean, obviously Anthony Davis when he's healthy helped the Lakers uh, to a title last year. But what's really driving? winning in the NBA right now are these combo guards and and some are labeled point guards like Steph Curry and I am by the way I am not putting Ant Edwards on like a Hall of Fame level yet I'm just saying the type of player he profiles as is sort of a a bigger Donovan Mitchell right and and Utah lost last night but um, Trey Young you brought up the Hawks Trey Young is a point guard and he's small much much smaller in a totally different game but it's these these combo guards that you can put the ball in their hands and they just create. And they'll they'll either create their own offense or they'll suck the defense in and boom, now you've got ball movement. And that's yeah. that's the way like because you can't hand check anymore the last fifteen years in the NBA. And so if you've got a great either point guard, shooting guard, or just call him a combo guard, who can break into the paint, who can shoot himself, break into the paint, put an opposing team in the spin cycle, right? Um, the Wolves have that in Anthony Edwards. And D'Lo can do some of that too. But you watch some of these guys like Devin Booker, the guys who've really, after five or six years, the combo guards who've really made it. Dame Lillard, Devin Booker now is finally getting a spotlight. And what Donovan Mitchell's been doing, even Jamal Murray before the injury and last year in the playoffs. This is the scary part. Ant Edwards is that type of a player in terms of being able to handle the ball, get his own shot. He's a six foot four, two hundred thirty pound freight train. He's bigger than all these other guys, so his upside and peak potential is actually like his ceiling is higher than Donovan Mitchell's ceiling. And we're watching Donovan Mitchell pour in thirty five, forty points, take over games against some of the best teams in the world. Don't do this to yourself. And don't, it don't, sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy because it's the Timberwolves. I'm just don't saying do this to yourself. The upside of 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 no Ant Edwards is a better version of what you're seeing with Donovan Mitchell. All right, I'm not saying he's guaranteed to reach it. I'm Declan, just saying that's his upside. We 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 got to help him. Oh. <laughs> I mean, let but, me have this. Let me have something's going to happen now. I know it. I know it. I want to hear if you're if you're watching on the Score North YouTube channel. Am I just a crazed Timberwolves maniac? Well, 
for even bringing that comparison to the table. Tell me. You you might not be if if what you just said hadn't jinxed it and like something bad's now <laughs> go, going to take place or he's going to demand a trade. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I feel like any time the, the Wolves are the one franchise like I, I have a sense of foreboding about all of the teams in this town. But the Wolves are the one where it's almost certain catastrophe will take place. <laughs> right, right. I just like I watch these guys dominate the playoffs, and I'm like, man. I mean, so, the, Timber, the Timberwolves have that, and he's like three inches taller and thirty pounds heavier. He's what's just happened? Unstoppable. What's happened to the playoffs in this league, Phil? I feel like when we started doing the show together, that and we talked about this, and you did a lot. It was really predictable, and like it was a, there was a very you know. Uh, one seeds didn't lose, and I'm not saying that they do a lot now, but the point is that there was sort of a predictability that didn't make the playoffs as fun. It didn't make them compelling because they weren't yeah. good games, but like you sort of knew by the numbers who was going to, to do what. It feels like that has really shifted, and it's way more fun now. Yeah, well, I think when you and I first started doing our show, it was right at the end of the LeBron Heat super team era, and the, the Spurs had kind of an in-and-out like 15-year dynasty, 20-year dynasty and what you're seeing the last two or three years with LeBron in Los Angeles, you don't really have – now that the Warriors super team broke up with Durant leaving and injuries have eroded them, Yeah, there's only one what I would call super team in terms of like three great superstars all together, and it's Brooklyn, and they can't stay healthy. It's like yeah. the three most brittle superstars in the entire league, and and, you know – they're they're finding a way, and Kevin Durant just played all forty eight minutes, and I you know I'm guessing they're going to close out the Bucks if they get anything from James Harden. But um, for the most part around the league, it's like it's we're kind of back to the two great player combos, and then whatever your system and complementary stash of players is right. In uh, in Denver, it was Jamal Murray and Jokic before Jamal Murray went down. In Utah, it's Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. In Los Angeles, it's LeBron and Anthony Davis, and so. There's and and the Spurs have sort of subsided with all those guys retiring. The Warriors now the Warriors, if Clay comes back after two years of injuries and those and him and Curry are still at the back end of their prime, and they they could add a third superstar, right? Or maybe James Wiseman becomes the third superstar. Maybe they're back to being a yeah, super Wiggy. team. Yeah, Wiggy. What are you talking about? And Wiggy, yeah. But to answer, my long answer to your question is, uh, we we don't have like the LeBron Heat with three Hall of Famers or four if you count Ray Allen for those two years, we've just got a bunch of really good teams with two really good all-star players and it's, it's, it's leveled the playing field and it makes it more, like we have no idea who's going to win the championship, but isn't that great? It's, it's great. Like it's fantastic. Yeah. And, and some people are like, well, it's, it's going to be a fake title because oh. you know, nine all-stars have been injured. It's like, well, injuries happen. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's fun that the NBA is giving you more unpredictability in the first two or three rounds. Like usually the NBA is sort of wake me in the conference finals and then yes. we can talk about all all playoffs in in at least hockey and basketball are a war of attrition, right? Mm-hmm. That this is why I said that the bubble playoffs to me were far more fake because you gave these guys a huge time off to come back healthy yeah, and Anthony then Davis. play. Yeah, which which is which doesn't make it bad, but that it's not that's not the sport. Like the yeah. sport is a ton of guys are going to get hurt, so who survives it? So I, I would actually argue that what we're seeing now in the NBA is a far more genuine playoff system than one that gives guys an enormous break and then says, Come back healthy and we'll have a lot of fun. So yep. I disagree yep. with that. Yep, it's been a it's been a blast. Um, so, all right, let's get to Declan every week here on the show. 
goes back in the Twitter archives. And he does this courtesy of our friends at Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com, all right? If you're looking to ride deep into the playoffs with mm. your six foot four, two hundred thirty pound freight train combo <laughs> guard. <laughs> Maybe you should ride uh, either on a Harley Metro Cruiser Sport. It doesn't matter what you ride. You should you should ride with DennisKirk.com though. One hundred sixty thousand parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Order by eight p.m. and they ship the same day. And shipping is free for orders over eighty nine dollars. When the open road calls. The road deep into the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. Come on, Timberwolves. Head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. All right, Declan. All right. Who's going to – I feel like Declan's on like a two-week win streak, quote-unquote, in old tweets exposed. So we're actually going to do a little substitute for Judd. We're going to do an old take exposed from uh, February when the Twins signed a certain free agent. We're going to do this entire conversation like that. Tory Hunter was a sideways hat guy a little bit in the outfield. He 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 crank it over after a nice catch. Uh, Fernando Rodney yeah. was Fernando a sideways Rodney. guy. Yep. Yeah, I think it had something to do with his family though. I I think that was yes, their- his father. Yeah, but, um, and, but yes, it's a good move. And and here's why. So so I will fully admit that I was on the impatient train of when are these guys going to make some moves? Right, we all were. Let let's just call a spade a spade here. But let me let me tell you where, where Falvey and Levine, I think, have struck sort of financial gold here, and it's this. Sergio Romo's option, which was not picked up for 2021, Phil, was due to be $4.75 million, okay? That's a fairly good chunk of change for a guy who talked a lot, and he was a fun guy, and he was okay, but he certainly was not great, okay? They bought, they bought him out for $250,000. Bucks. That's pretty good. But here's where the deal is really good. Colome signs uh, 2021 with a basically a team option for 2022, but his salary for 2021, $5 million. In other words, for approximately the exact same price, they got Colome over Romo. And if I was have, to have come to you a month ago or two months back and said, Romo back or, or sign Colome, oh, I man. think we all say, Sign Colome. Now, in in uh, oh, Judd left. Judd, Judd's so embarrassed he left. In, in Judd's defense, Sergio Romo has not been much better than Alex Colome, but at the same time, sideways hat guy, you were all on board. And, 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 and I think it took two appearances for Judd to jump right off the Alex Colome bandwagon. Oh, my God. I don't know what to say to that. Like, at the time, I thought it was well-reasoned. I did a little research on it. Sure. Um, I, I'll say this. I'm in the lead. Okay. Um, I'm just, just pulling him up here just for fun here. So Alex Colome. All right, oh, really play, bad take. Play a little game here. Yeah, let me what? <laughs> so Alex Colome has made, it looks like, 26 appearances for okay. the Minnesota Twins. I got Romo's numbers, too, right up here. He has a 5.63 earned run average. <laughs> Can't get anyone so, out. And Walks he has given up, let's see, 40 plus uh, 43 base runners in 24 innings for the Twins this season. And Sergio Romo, 26 appearances for the Oakland A's this season, a 5.4 ERA. So just slightly wash. better yeah. than Alex Colomay, but he is allowing 10 hits per nine, a whip of one and a half. Ooh, not great. Rough. Not rough. Great. But I mean... Oh, I have nothing. We're trying to defend it. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, no. There, no, are you kidding? There's no defending that. Oh, great. All right. So, all right. Leader in the clubhouse here. Michael yeah. Peter just crashed. Leader in the clubhouse. Thanks for... That's awesome. Oh, no. Declan's... Oh, 
it yeah, crashed. Sorry, we'll, we'll give you a minute to, yeah, on, to bring it back. There. In my defense, Judd, uh, you're not the only one who had Alex Colomay takes. I also had Alex Colomay takes to give. Yeah, real quick, as we as we buy time for Declan here, is it not amazing? Did all of the pitchers the Twins signed in free agency? Now I know that they would say, "Well, we what about uh, Farrell, for instance, who like has been okay for yeah, ten start for that's ten a pieces. minor that's a minor signing." The ones they signed all flopped, right? Yeah. Hap, Shoemaker, Colomay. Oh, yes, Robles has walked the. I mean, Robles has a decent ERA, so he hasn't been as much of a colossal failure. No, but, but he's a tightrope guy. I mean, he walks a ton of guys. He makes yeah. nothing easy. Yes, their their free agent signings, um, pitching wise, were atrocious. And did you see who got hurt last night? Who left the game? Well, two guys left, but uh, Josh Donaldson. Yeah, what was the calf strain? It's the calf again. Uh, And then Andrews and Simmons did something running to first base as well. So besides that, and by the way, the season's done. So it's not that I care about them actually playing because at this point in time I don't. Here's what I care about: their value. Like, if you were going to get a low-level prospect for Simmons, well, if he's on the IL now, guess what you ain't getting for a while? A low-level prospect. So, anyway, that's the problem. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something against my better judgment. I'm not going to go all in on it, but I just want to point out, I don't like – I'm not in love with the coverage of this year's Twins team across the board, across Minnesota media. It doesn't feel like people are shining a light enough on the failure of this franchise over the course of 18 playoff games and now this season. And so last night, yeah, the Twins won, uh, but they're 14 games under 500. The front office has whiffed on every free agent pitching signing that they brought in. Not only whiffed, but like those guys have derailed the season. Shoemaker, yes. Colome, yes. Hap, like derailed the season. It's a disaster. Right? Yep. Uh, there's a rift between Byron Buxton and the franchise that might even go back a few years, but clearly they're not on the same page. Right. And Josh Donaldson just popped his calf for the hundredth time. And one of the one of the stories off last night's game was about how Ryan Jeffers has been hot for the last two weeks. Like, why can't we? Like, it's okay to criticize this colossal failure. It doesn't make sense well, to me. I don't want to go any further than that because I don't want to. Like, I guess here's my question though, and and to his credit, Roycey on Unchained brought this up Monday. Okay, so I will. So there is credit due here. But you know, Patrick's been doing this a long time, and he and he mocks me for my conspiracy theories at times, but he's got some as well. And he came on his Unchained show and basically said, something's weird here. I think Buxton's not happy. And this is before the Buxton comments, by the way. So this is, uh, and then Buxton comes out and basically says, I can play. What's going on here? I'm on the trip. And for that not to be a major story, like if this is New York, if Byron Buxton's a Met, that's dominating the tabloids and headlines everywhere. Like, where is that? That uh, A guy who is having an all-star season, and when he's playing, he's an all-star, uh, and has been absolutely fantastic and is a key to your future if he has one here, is unhappy. Uh, I'm just I'm curious where that, like, you can't bang that drum enough. The, the fundamental problem between teams and journalists or people that cover teams, to me, always boiled down to something Brad Childress said years ago. And Phil, you might've been on the beat at the time. Uh, but we were as always during a media session, hyper-focused on injuries because it's football and Brad. And I finally asked him, I'm like, what's your deal with injuries? Like they're, you know, we need to report on them. And he said, I think it's a lazy way to go about your business. You should be looking for other stories. And in his mind, 
that's how he's thinking. Like, you know, write about my fullback or something, right? But all that matters is if a guy can't play. So, and, and I don't blame him for his take, but his take is wrong in, in our world because our world is to present the reader with what's going on. Like, what's the most important thing? Yeah. And by and the way, the, he's using the word lazy there. It's like, no, he's his agenda is to try and protect that information 100%. from getting out for competitive reasons. Right? And 100%. So, like, I'm not even faulting him. What I'm saying is that's the disconnect. But, but to bring it full circle to the con- conversation we're having right now, Byron Buxton and th- this whole thing is incredibly important. Like, what's going on right now is going to shape if this... This guy is here long term. Absolutely, we're back in business. My computer nice. just crashed, but we are. We are. We are Ooh, that was some tap dancing. Yeah, well, some tap dancing. Thank you, hosts. Thank you, associate producers. Appreciate you. All right, I had an Alex Colomay take as well. You're not alone, Judd. Colomay is a legit dude. That's a big get for the bullpen, if indeed true. So it's probably when there was reported rumors he was signing. But yes, Colomay is a legit dude. So I'm not the only one who had Alex Colomay take. I or did you were, were you saying Kalame is a legit dude, legit or was dude. it more like Kalame is legit, dude? Kalame is legit, dude. Yeah, thank you. Well, then Nakama. Yeah. Well, yeah, grammar, that'd be great. It's it's, it's old it's exposed, <laughs> not, not, not Declan's grammar. I'm kidding you. I'm kidding you. I still lead because I came with receipts of, like, this great take. Sure. It was awful. Yeah, I think Judd's, Judd's the leader in the clubhouse for All right. sure here. Well, here was Phil on April 8th, 2021, not too long ago. Oh, I'll be the first God. to say it. The Twins look like they have a legit oh, chance to win a playoff game this year, and when they do, we're popping the expensive stuff. <laughs> okay. All Listen, right. I will say, obviously, this was a slightly tongue-in-cheek tweet here, but the fact that we're sitting here in the middle of June and uh, they're nowhere near the playoffs means we're not popping Declan, the expensive stuff. you decide who wins because Phil's tweet is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's Judd. I think Judd okay. I do wins. too. I think it's okay. Judd too. Hey. I mean, Judd had his hat sideways yeah. and like he was paying homage to Alex Colomay. My hoodie on. And, and by the way, I want to point Thank out you. this tweet because we were we talked about uh, it was happening with Doogie ten years ago. We were in the midst of it. Well, of Declan Goff Facebook status on June eleventh, twenty eleven, ten years ago yeah. today. Eleven of our last thirteen watch out Tigers. So we were in the Dude. midst of the middle of it's happening ten years ago at this moment. Yep, this was we were getting the t-shirt plans and blueprints ready here. There was a game Let me find the date of it here. The Giants game? Yep. 2011. In San Francisco, I remember I yep. was It was in against my car. a rookie Madison Bumgarner, I think, and they lit him up for like 9 runs in the first inning yep. and it was bonker. It was early days of Twitter. Yep. And it was it, it was well. like people were coming to the realization, holy crap. All right. It was June 21st of 11. And so Declan's tweet was on what June 17th, 17th today. They had beat they had beat the Padres 6 to 5. So after Declan's tweet and at the time of Declan's tweet the Twins had gone the Twins had pulled to within 8 games of the division lead. But after Declan's tweet the Twins won two more games against San Diego and then went out to San Francisco and hung a 9 spot on Madison Bumgarner in the first inning to pull to within six and a half games of first place after being as far back as 16 and a half wow. a few weeks later. So they, they made up 10 games in the standings over like a two and a half or three week, uh, three week stretch. And we had, play, oh my God, we, uh, so we had the, the it's happening hashtag had taken off and like they're putting up nine on the giants. And again, this is early days of Twitter, but we had it's happening was like nationally trending on Twitter at the time. And it was just a live stream of oh my god, oh my god, they're gonna do this, like they're back in the race, they're gonna and they're gonna get players back from injury. 
and we had we had boxes of T-shirts ready to be sold and shipped out to people, and we just needed like the storefront website to be activated. And our old promotions director, who shall go nameless, there's no reason to throw him under the bus. Ten years ago at 1500 ESPN, um, kind of a slower paced worker, let's say. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, we should. Uh, this was on a this game was on a Tuesday night. Yeah, I think uh, I think we should have this ready probably by either the morning or, or Thursday morning. And we were like, dude, dude, flip the switch, like figure out some way, flip the switch now. So it didn't launch until two days later. Well, the Twins lost six straight games the rest of the week <laughs> to fall oh. back ten games behind, including it culminated with a fifteen nothing loss at home to the Dodgers. Uh, five days later, and so the It's Happening movement sort of came to a screeching halt after that game. Again. A very good lesson about timing. <laughs> yep. Got to capitalize. Print the exactly shirts right. quickly is the motto there. All right, boys. Good show here today. If you guys want uh, in-depth daily breakdowns of Vikings minicamp, we're providing those on Purple Daily every single day as well. Uh, the movie for tomorrow, we're back to... Rom-com Rewind yeah, as part of the Mackie and Judd movie review franchise. You've got mail. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Bing! You've got mail. Can't wait. And uh, rest assured, we will be talking about our old AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, yeah. You know what I've got? I've got takes. <laughs> Ding. 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 <laughs> Hello, Meg and Tom. I've got takes. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Mackie and Judd. Thanks for hanging. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.